0: We are still with Apollo
1: 11. You're listening to Apollo 11 Legacies. The following podcast captures an Apollo 11 legacy panel discussion recorded in Huntsville, Alabama, as part of the Apollo 11 50th anniversary celebration.
0: The Eagle has landed.
1: The panels feature people with a personal connection to the Apollo project. Apollo 11 Legacies is produced through a partnership with Intuitive Technology and Research Corporation and WHNT News 19.
0: Three two one
1: my mom got left out of learning interacting much with any Americans all the women so you know we the men integrated with through their job the kids went to school and integrated that way we learned unbelievably fast English I think that's fair to say but but the moms staying at home you know the they had a hard time
2: That's Klaus Rosinski He's remembering his time at Fort Bliss in El Paso, Texas. His dad, Werner Rosinski, was a member of the German rocket team, engineers and scientists who surrendered to American troops at the end of World War II, and then moved to Fort Bliss for work at the nearby White Sands Proving Ground in New Mexico. That was in 1945. Over the next couple of years, the families who had stayed in Europe would follow. In 1950, the Operation Paperclip Germans would move, families as well, to Huntsville. The men would go to Work at Redstone Arsenal developing the Army's ballistic missile program. Werner Rosinski would follow Werner von Braun to Marshall Space Flight Center when it was created in 1960. Klaus would graduate from the University of Alabama with a doctorate in chemistry and went on to work for Owens Corning Fiberglass. Here's Klaus sharing more of his memories from his time as a young boy in Germany and eventually moving to Huntsville. This was recorded as part of a panel discussion at the Huntsville Public Library. By the way, you will hear another voice in this presentation. It's that of another son of a German scientist, Uwe Huter. He and Klaus grew up together and, in fact, were roommates in college.
1: My dad was already with Werner von Braun in Kumastov, like Uvi's dad, and that's where he got involved because he was—he needed—they needed an electrical engineer kind of guy, electrical person, and that was my dad's background. And he lived pretty close to Kumastov, that's so he got hired by them to to do that. So he was fortunate to get in on the on the bottom floor here, just like like Uvi's dad just a small group of people, and from there then they, of course, went to Berlin when things started heating up and they thought they could use this for other the rocket research for other purposes and really got fired up, by literally, by, uh, by going to Panaminda and and that whole complex, I must say, was something that I had seen it before uh, from a distance, and read about it, but I just was there this year with my daughter and granddaughter, and it was just unbelievable. Fortunately, Heidi got me somebody that could take me back to the actual st- uh, Test stand 7, where they put the first rocket into space. Just absolutely phenomenal. You can't even get in there. Thanks to Heidi, she made arrangements because it's all been mined, <laughs> you know, from the Russians tore everything up, but we, we were able to get in there with an old truck, and they took us right to the place and took some pictures. So it, it, it was just a significant event. And since I was born there and happened to be that my dad was in the plane with von Brown uh, to see where the test rocket is going, you know, to see where it went down. And that's when I was born in 1940. And so that's how, the, you know, my mom got the message to him that, uh, that I came to life here in Panamá. <laughs> so I had some of the same uh, things that uh, Uvi pointed out. I didn't even put it together. But my my dad didn't uh, finish a house in Copenzé, and but he was working on it while the war was going on. You know why things were going on. So they but they didn't finish it. So we never got to move into Copenzé um, uh, in our house there. So we were still in the the rest of the apartments where the rest of the families were. And I guess it was similar in, uh, in Payne like four families to a group or maybe bigger, I'm not sure. But, uh, but I, I do know, and of course, this is what my dad tells me, uh, happened and my mom, uh, that they, you know, the, the last group talked about, uh, the air, uh, air raids. And I started thinking about that. You know, I didn't really think that, that bothered me, and obviously, I was probably too young. I thought the noise was fine, but we did have to always go not directly to our basement, but the apartment next door had a better it was better reinforced. So we would have to go down there. Now some of those things came back when when Giesel had <laughs> talked about that at our our last one that that's what happened, and my dad, unfortunately, <laughs> On one of those uh, things when they really came and bombed pretty heavily that apartment, my dad went back to hurry and get his leather full-length coats, you know, like you see in the <laughs> in the movies from the old days, is all leather for my mom. And when he went down in there, a bomb hit and the building collapsed, and and uh, so he was buried there. And my mom then, of course, knew he was. Still in there, and just like I think your dad or something, they had to dig him out, and uh, so pretty pretty emotional thing. So that that's the other reason we was mentioning they were trying to leave that area and move further south with the families, and that's of course what we, we kind of had the same route. You know, I went the yeah. same route. Now that you've described it a little more uh, as, as you did um, going to uh, to Lensuit. So anyway, quite quite interesting
2: uh, time. You're listening to Klaus Rosinski. He's sharing his memories of living in Germany at the end of World War II and then joining his father, German rocket scientist Werner Rosinski, in America. We'll hear more from Klaus in a moment. More now from Klaus Rosinski, the son of German rocket scientist Werner Rosinski. He was one of the Operation Paperclip Germans who came to America at the end of World War II.
1: In Lanzhut, uh, then I don't have that many memories either, other than what, uh, again, Gisela and some of you have talked about. But I knew it was a pretty good time. The thing I do remember is that when the army came in, the Amis, you know, Came and marched through. They gave me chocolate and um, uh, bubble, bubble gum, right? Uh, chewing gum. That was uh, that was cool. So I I remember that. Beyond that, I just know my dad wasn't there. I think he was already on his way to the U.S. Class, and
0: yeah. Plus, I assume, like myself, he probably started first grade in suit I did. Yeah. I did. Because we used to get these. When you start school in Germany, they give you, you the, the
1: sukkatutu.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's it's a sort of a cone shape. That's it yeah. looks looks like it's, it's probably as tall as a five-year-old almost. That is filled with candy. Oh.
1: Yeah, right. And but you know, I don't. Deal. I remember the sukkatutu, but I don't remember much about the about the
0: school. I don't either. <laughs> I, I remember sukkatutu. Yeah, you yeah, know, so my kids have fun with uh, that sukkatutu. Sukkatutu.
1: <laughs> but we we wanted to, uh, and in fact, I just got some of this inspiration yesterday or today from uh, von Braun's uh, secretary, Doretta Schlitt, is still alive, and uh, she's still on it. I'm telling you, it's just unbelievable. So I talked to her, and I just wanted to ask her again about because we Uwe and I couldn't figure out, okay, what happened to me? <laughs> why, why didn't I get uh, on the ship? That these guys were on uh, there was discrimination uh, but but anyway, Doretta was uh, Schlitt was on the ship with my mom and my sister and and i um, and uh, so but she didn 't remember the name of the ship it 's a troop ship too, just like like you did same way with my dad he wasn 't on this also either on the ship that went first with your dad and the rest of you uh-huh. folks so. I asked her about that he said well yeah he went out of Bremerhaven, uh, or Cuxhaven actually also up uh up in the same place that we left, okay mm-hmm. so they they went because you you your dad went out of France right or right. right. yeah. right. so so it was a little different but they all we all got there just about in the same time frame so we got to to the US uh my dad said uh 1947 in April uh, we, we got to at least to hunt, you fort know in, uh, not to counsel, but but fort, yeah. fort bliss yeah to fort bliss yeah, about the men that got time there frame in 46 yeah. basically and he w- left earlier yeah, we obviously. got there in June is what it you did okay yeah, yeah. well anyway so uh, so that kind of gives you uh, perspective i i did have one interesting thing when we when i was there in, uh just This summer, uh, visiting my exchange student in Hamburg, we went to Bremerhaven and that area, you know, just to to see. And he said, you know, there's a museum here where all the immigrants from many years uh, all went through that, and they have those listed. So he said, you ought to look and see if you're in there. I I just didn't think so because of all the stuff, you know? And uh, so we looked it up. My gosh, it had... You know my name specifically. My mother's name were, they. She came from from Horstfieden. My father, from Bahut, but he wasn't on there. Uh, and then uh, my sister Anita. So they had all this detail. I could not believe it. Even to the point that I've gone to Huntsville and played <laughs> in the band and had me uh, playing the, my trumpet in the band. It's just. So, so some of the stuff you found on the internet, you can find everything there, I believe. So anyway, that was kind of uh, kind of uh, interesting. So, moving moving forward, uh, then we we go on the ship, and with Doretta Schlitt, uh, and and her family, and my fam- my 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 mom was sick, my sister was sick. Fortunately, I was not very sick, is what Doretta said. I was. All over the place the and was able to uh, you know get oranges from uh, all the uh, soldiers and had had a great time on on the ship so I didn't have the problem Uwe had so I have even a boat today <laughs> and and enjoyed very much so but but anyway uh, that that trip across I have few memories again you had much better uh, specific information about about all that was really all all very helpful so finally then same kind of thing train to el paso we get there and just like all the other my dad was there and obviously glad to see us tried to make the case that uh, we better you know they knew i liked chocolate very much and my sister and my mom and so we're going to give them chocolate right away, all they can have right now. No, no more. Then you don't have to worry about it. They'll get sick of it. But well, guess what? We're still all chocolate hollers. Love chocolate and still do. German chocolate especially is good.
2: We'll continue in a moment with more from Klaus Rosinski. The son of German rocket scientist Werner Rosinski was recorded as part of a panel discussion at the Huntsville Public Library. We'll return now to our presentation of the memories of Klaus Rosinski, the son of German rocket scientist Werner Rosinski.
1: we, El Paso, again,
2: I just appreciated the detail
1: that some of the people had, I think, folk I had last time, how this was really set up, because I was, uh, that's the place where everybody was together, okay, right? All the families. And, and, uh, in Fort Bliss. And, to, on and so, streets, yeah. so here, uh, in these barracks, four families to the barracks. So we had, as I remember, I'm pretty accurate, but I think I'm okay on this, the Palo Olos, uh, the Finsels, uh, and, uh, and Rosenskis, and Siler's were all in one barrack. Uh, those names probably mean <laughs> some. And Uvi was, you know, in that adjacent barrack. Right. And and so my gosh, we were,
0: you know, this was a great time. And, and Jürgen, uh, Jürgen was. Right and Jürgen next was door close too. He was right next door, to next
1: door. Okay, so, so these guys, you know, so we had, instant playmates right there. We had these. Uh, she talked about the, uh, the things going between the buildings yeah. Yeah. to ride down. Oh, my dad made fun? me, a, yeah. Yeah. made me a, a wagon that. Went down there all the time, ran over people. It was just, <laughs> just absolutely wonderful. And then we had the desert. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that was, was a great thing. But before we get to the desert, I have to tell you a little bit of things. Uvi and I got in trouble a lot. Uh, we, you know, they had a PX there, and we could play. But, you know, we, we'd like to buy something from the PX, if at all possible, no money. <laughs> And so while the soldiers in Fort Bliss were out on their maneuvers, marching and so on, Uvi and I and Ike made a little visit to the, their facilities. That's my brother, by the way. Oh, yeah, I, Ike, and, uh, and helped ourselves to some of their change on that they left <laughs> in the barracks. So... Uh, man, we thought that was... And then we went and I think like all of us maybe buy a Coke or some candy at the PX. I mean, this was really great. However, we thought we this is so good, we, we're we going back. <laughs> well, this time they were waiting on us. <laughs> and it was ugly. Uh, fortunately, or unfortunately, Ikey was the oldest, uh, but... Not very fast. And they not as fast as Uvi and I. We were blazing the trail out of there because they they were coming after us and they got Ikey and put his head under hot water, which I don't think Ike totally recovered from that ever. And he in fact another story that well, yeah. Uvi might tell, he, he got hit on another thing like like that. He Iike he was the yeah, target. i me tell that
0: story while we're on money and, uh, yeah. and Ike. And, uh, <coughs> Please. One, one <laughs> afternoon his friend, mutual friend of ours, decided he'd uh, borrow a little bit of money from his parents unbeknownst to them of course. And it amounted to about $10 which in 1948 was a lot of money. And especially for, for the people then that weren't earning much money ten dollars was really a lot of money and uh, so he confiscated ten dollars from his mother's purse and uh, we decided there was a little casino at the far and I, I'm not sure what north and east and west is on this thing but it was in the in one of the far corners there's a little building where the soldiers would go gamble in the evening it had slot machines in it and we knew, I don't know how we knew it existed. It's not a place for kids really, but we somehow knew it existed. <laughs> probably Klaus, you know, probably <laughs> oh, yeah. get us in trouble. <laughs> but anyway, so we decided, us three, decided to go and see what we can do with $10 and, you know, make a fortune. <laughs> well, we went there and uh, blew the whole $10 in no time flat. <laughs> And apparently somebody saw us, or the guy that ran the place kind of says, Man, what are these kids doing with all this money, throwing all this down, these uh, you know, one-armed bandits? And uh, so it came up that says, hey, uh, we saw a bunch of kids over there gambling, and these were the kids' names. you know." So it got back to the parents, and well... My parents didn't know anything about it. The other family didn't know a thing about it. And uh, my, I guess probably my dad or my mother confronted the other family said, hey, you know, what's going on here, you know, the this, this stories. And the other family says, listen, my kids, he was the only <laughs> boy. He said, he's an angel, he wouldn't do anything like that. It's <laughs> gotta be a few you guys. You know. And so Ike, Going back to Ike, he's uh, my brother, older brother, he was uh, kind of somewhere along the way, and I'm not sure how the story spun out, but it probably got out, and it, you know how it goes through the grapevine, and uh, uh, the guy found out that, or he thought that Ike ratted on him is the reason that the parents had to get together, and they had this little concentration, and, uh, you know, and of course nothing happened there, because everybody denied it anything like this could ever happen with their kids <laughs> right. and so the the guy was uh decided well he's going to get a little revenge on him so he caught Ike one day and just beat the crap out of him because of this because he thought that uh he was ratting on our little escapade at the uh, casino and so Ike seemed to get the brunt of some of the bad he stuff he did and, he did and uh, and he was the smartest guy. I, he was a lot smarter than Ruby night. <laughs> oh yeah. But anyway, there was another story. that, While we we're on stories, that uh, speaking of the desert, we used to sneak out. You know, I mean the fence is, It's sort of like the border now. You know, I mean if there's a fence, you go underneath it or you climb over it. Well, this was tall enough we couldn't climb over it. Plus it probably had razor wire on top of it. So we underneath it and got out in the desert and goofed around and parents wouldn't know us, hey where's my kid you know I mean, the guys know we're around you know and so they call the MPs and the they drive out in the desert in their jeeps and find us out there playing around just having a grand time so this happened on occasion yeah I'm sure the MPs got a big laugh out of this too I mean they probably had better ways to spend their time but then one day Klaus and I decided to do a, a missionary trip crit- and, and visit some of the locals which I thought was a friend of the family to the Rosinskis but I'll let Klaus tell the story because I, I think he can do a better job of it well
1: uh, what happened obviously we were wanted to explore and you know you could see houses on the other side of the so-called desert desert place and then you could see yeah. you know but uh, that's quite quite a long way so we got some water you know and uh, Took off on our journey over there just to check it out, and uh, so it's quite a quite a walk, and in the hot sun, whatever. And uh, so we get there and we see a lady out in the garden there, and uh, and she's, my gosh, where, where'd you come from? I'm <laughs> Kind of like you know. Well, we we said, well, we're here, and so on. then she's, oh my gosh, you got to come in and get some, you know, some more water, cookies, whatever, and Uvi re- actually remembered the cookies she gave us. I <laughs> forgot that. And she gave us cookies and talked to us, was so nice to us. Another example of, you know, I'm sure they knew these were German scientists, you know, from, from Germany that was the enemy. and You know, we didn't even think about that. That might be an issue. Well, it certainly wasn't because they, she was just as nice as she could be. And, and so I think we might have done that visit again, and we're, we got to, to know these people, the Ethertons, and they had, a, um, they had a daughter that was about my sister's age, and we ended up being able to go visit them, you know, uh, with my parents uh, through that connection. And uh, so they had a lot of nice clothes for my sister that their daughter didn't, and my mom got some from them, and my dad got some, but they didn't have a son. And so, so one day I race. didn't get nothing. So <laughs> so then one day they come pick me up and uh, formally and made arrangements to pick me up at the gate there and took me to El Paso, and they dressed me out from top to bottom with a cowboy suit. Uh, <laughs> boots, <laughs> a hat, and two six shooters,
0: <laughs>
1: and pearl uh, the pearl buttons, you know, the cowboys. I died and gone to heaven. <laughs> Best day of my life, significant emotional event, I call it in my own life, and uh, and that was just fantastic. So those people ended up being friends, you know, for a, a long time. While we were in a, in a great connection which i'm sure many of the other germans didn't have you know so that was that was uh, really neat so some 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 really uh, good times it's just that we had a lot of time on our hands so we got into <laughs> s- into some trouble the problem was we still had to go to school and and this school thing uh, you already commented on that the high and uh, that kind of made me mad because I had just started uh, in the sixth, you know, in the first grade. And uh, so then the Axt, Mrs. Axter and some of the, Heller I believe, whatever, some of the other ladies there were teaching, trying to teach us German, how to write German. right? Well, and then we had to go to school <laughs> to learn English. So I, I've got, we got hit twice there for having to go to <laughs> school and that didn't leave much time. but. And then they did, I think you might have mentioned that they had uh, also tried to have a school there, uh, had a little school on site to teach us, you know, in the summertime. So, you know, so there was a lot of schooling going on. They were really worried about our, our educational process. And, uh, well, I, I, I guess that, that was all good. One of the things I wanted to say uh, that I think is important, my mom got left out of learning, interacting much with any Americans, all the women. <laughs> you. So, you know, we, the men integrated with through their job, the kids went to school and integrated that way. We learned unbelievably fast English, I think that's fair to say. But, but the moms staying at home, you know, they had a hard time. When we finally got to... Huntsville here, now that all changed because now people could live wherever they wanted to. So it's a, a major change in integrating into society because <laughs> you can't really say we integrated there uh, in, in uh, El Paso, right? So this was really a, a big deal. And and that's how uh, you, you heard uh, some of you talked about, I think, uh, Crowd Hill over there. So... Some, like Uvi said, he lived up on the hill there. My dad uh, my dad, uh, bought a house, and I think there might have been a picture uh, that's, that's similar to that house, as you probably see going by, on Carmelion Drive between Locust and McClung. So you had a lot of the Germans up on the hill, like Uvi and those guys that said the Fensils, and Von Braun was on McClung, and we had... You know, we had them all up there, and and then close to me also, there were Howco, was just around the corner from mm-hmm. me. So we had a lot of germs in that area. Then you had some on the mountain, I assume at that time as well, that went up there, yeah. and then Longwood area wasn't that another area? There were apartments on Longwood. Some right. apartments. Yeah. So you know, all they scared apartments. all over, and that really allowed, I think, the women. And, and of course, all the rest of us to really get to know, you know, neighbor, yeah. other American neighbors, and we were really fortunate because where we lived on Locust, where Bon Brown had moved out in the rental house, right, right by California, um, on the, yeah, yeah right by McClung and
0: yeah. uh, California, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we're it's Locust in California. Right? Locust in California is the first the first place we moved into, and we that was right by Guy Spencer's, the Spencers, and uh, Evans, the doctor, and attorneys, and people like that. So, so we right away, my mom had and dad we we got, they just took us in like we were neighbors from the U. S. It was just fantastic, and and they you know, played with their kids and got to know them, went to school with them. So this was really neat, the way we were treated. And I think that's still a big thing that, that a lot of people are surprised at, how well you folks in Huntsville took care of the people that came in from the outside. And
2: that was really neat. You've been listening to the memories of Klaus Rosinski. His father, Werner, was a German rocket scientist who surrendered to American troops at the end of World War II. This was recorded as part of a panel discussion featuring the children of Operation Paperclip scientists. We invite you to listen to our other podcasts on this subject and more as we celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon mission go to the Apollo 11 tab at the top of our website, whnt.com. You will also find other interesting items on North Alabama's contribution to America's manned spaceflight history.
1: Apollo 11 Legacies is produced in partnership with Intuitive Research and Technology, content made possible with the U.S. Space and Rocket Center's Legacy Panel Lecture Series, music
2: provided by Megatracks.